Talk's cheap, right? Well, not if you're in the fight game, actually. In fact, it can take your upcoming bout from the supporting act to the people's main event. All you have to do is talk a little trash, am I right? Put yourself in the firing line. Granted, some of this is part of the psychology of getting under your opponent's skin, but most fighters don't do it. Why? Well, because if it backfires, you could become the laughing stock of the community, especially if you're trash talking to someone who's not even chatting it back. But in the years MMA's been around and fighters learned this lesson, don't bet on it, even if you're James Krause. I'm Balian from MMA On Point, and these are 10 fighters that talk big and lost big. Number 10, Colby vs Usman 1. Ah yes, Gondor called for aid on this one. The beacons were well and truly lit for what was an incendiary rivalry that hyped up one of the great championship fights. These two had a lot of reasons to talk trash. They both wanted to be champion, but it honestly seems like these two were destined to be rivals. Dorm room that I slept in the whole week with John. This was the same dorm room Kobe Covington slept the following year when he went to school with really? John Jones. Yeah. Quick, someone play the X-Files theme. Once Colby chose Chaos though, all bets were off and things really started brewing after they met each other in the airport for the first time. Ran into him one time at the airport coming back from a UFC fight. He had me saying certain things online. But this polite exchange was nothing compared to the excrement they talked in the build-up to their actual inevitable meeting for the UFC title. The only thing you're losing drop. faster than your hairline your is that Power drop. Ranger belt. I'm you're soft. soft. I'm soft. You're nothing. You know what? You get a call okay. from the president okay. today? Okay. You talk. get a call from the president? That's right. You're a loser. No one gives a about you. Yeah, and that was like right after Colby won the interim belt. We got to keep cramming popcorn in our faces, watching for another six months as Colby just kept ramping up the insults. People would rather rather watch Flies Pot than watch you fight. He even went after Kamaru's deceased coach. I know you gave Glenn a heart attack for all those years you were you were ducking me, so don't worry, he'll be watching from hell on December 14th. Yeah, add that to just the general disparagement of his fighting skills, his inability to sell pay-per-views, and his relevance as a fighter, and I say Colby could have opened a fertilizer farm with all the shit he was throwing around. I hate the Lord! Here's the question though, did it help him in the fight? Well, no, not at all, really. In fact, by the final round of their contest, Colby had a broken jaw, or allegedly, anyway, and Kamaru was just dropping him all over the place. Number nine, Ben Askren versus Jorge Masvidal. Who do we blame for this one? Is it is it Joe Rogan? I mean, he basically was campaigning for Askren to come over to the UFC for several years before he actually got there. So 2019, what did we do to Ben Askren? That was you and me, bro. We had a big part of that. Reality was, of course, by the time he did, he had a hip replacement, 15 years of combat sports under his belt, and he'd already been retired for two years. But you know what? This is MMA, and his skills may have depreciated, but his ability to deprecate others certainly didn't. You suck. Boom, roasted. At first, he was just doing some verbal jousting with Dana. Well, imagine you're smoking a cigar, sitting in your port 75, thinking, you remember when those guys thought Ashkin was going to come here, and then I got his ass kicked three times? <laughs> and doing his best to let everyone know he'd finally made and all bets are off, basically. But when he was matched up with street Judas Jorge Masvidal, well, that's when things got a little KFC extra spicy. Georgie's is now, I don't get full on a three-piece and a soda. He better bring the whole damn family meal for that night. Okay, yeah, at first there were quite a lot of food references to like IHOP and everything, but then Ben started going for his ego. I don't understand people that walk up and just punch people for not really a good reason. For me, it shows two things. Number one, total lack of discipline. And number two, that you are not really secure with your own masculinity. Jorge, on the other hand, just kind of went straight to the point. We're gonna do it painfully and brutally. By the time it got to fight week, they were going at it, and Ben was asking Jorge- Why you're so mad? I'm kind of curious. I'm not mad. Kind of obvious if you ask me. But Ben had a plan going into the UFC, talk as much trash as possible, and it kind of worked. I mean, we were all ready to watch this one go down. His muscles aren't very big and his beard's pretty ugly. 
But besides that, I think it's going to be total domination. What actually happened fight night? Well, yeah, most of you know he was on the receiving end of the fastest KO in UFC history. It was super necessary. Masvidal won this round, but it was kind of an Uno reverse situation against Colby and Usman, though. Number eight, Tito versus Chuck. All right, bit of a legendary one here for all you old school washed fans out there. Jason, I mean Jason, basically. Without a doubt, though, this was one of the greatest rivalries of all time. Tito was all like, we were friends. There was a pact. We were never going to fight. And Chuck was all like, there was never any agreement. And this guy wants his mama. We were friends and we had a pact and we were never going to fight. There was never any agreement not to fight. Tito also kind of alluded to the fact that Chuck had been given some easy matchups helped by Dana White and that had made him look invincible and he was going to expose him. He's not invincible. He's never been invincible. He just had great matches that made him look good. But that's not what happened the first time. Tito failed to take him down and just 30 seconds into round two well chuck put it on him and it just it wasn't good for tito tito bounced back though and after he beat vitor belfort he said he hoped chuck beat randy so he could kick his ass i hope chuck takes it that way so i can kick chuck's ass well that upset the iceman and he came into the octagon and they went right back at it we can do it again bro anytime you want anytime you want bro you won't step in the ring with me again you know that chuck vowed to knock him out again and tito dropped his classic you go ahead and you will be the last of the mohicans that wasn't true though was it i mean like you've got dan hardy mike perry shit even johnny walker okay we're getting sidetracked either way come the rematch they'd exchange more words but once again chuck finished him this time in the third round good thing they rematched 14 years later though isn't it ready to knock this fool out one more time and i hopefully you are doing that just to kind of make me think that you are that slow and you are that old this I'm old man's thinking. gonna knock you out okay. well that didn't happen in fact tito definitely flipped the script in the third fight number seven sean strickland versus alex and izzy i still don't know where i stand on sean i mean i like his fight style but it's pretty damn unique and sometimes he's just straight up hilarious but most americans you guys are fucking pussies i don't know what happened to you guys maybe the plastic in the water fucking I don't know. I, I'm sure Joe Rogan knows why. Let's ask this fucking he guy. Might know. But he's not the sort of person I'd let return to his old high school to give an inspiring lecture. By the time of the UFC 176 press conference, though, we knew one thing. Put a mic in that man's hand and it's pretty much guaranteed entertainment or a lawsuit. It was Sean's first press conference and he must have been feeling himself that day. This is my first press conference. You guys are a bunch of vicious bastards. Man, here's the way you guys talk. I want to go down there and punch all you fuckers in the face. The man just literally stands up when he starts talking. And he'd already been banging on about his opponent, Alex, on media day. I'll just, I'll just come out and say it, man. I've been training hard, ready to knock this guy out, training with kickboxers, and I'm ready. Yeah, you might regret that one a bit later, Sean. But on stage, he didn't just go after his opponent, but the champ who's also sat up there with him. I mean, I would say me, but I mean... That man was the one that slept that man, so... Oh man, I made the champion mad with his fucking frosted tips and his gay little watch. Man that beats off the cartoons is gonna beat me. Okay, Sean, just gonna say it, mate. Might have been a slight chance you weren't focusing on the right guy. Either way, come fight night after getting everyone super excited at the press conference, Alex landed his signature left hook and put him to bed just two and a half minutes into the contest. Number six, Conor McGregor versus, well, a, a lot of people, actually. At one point in time, part of the narrative of Conor's rise, along with his left hand, was his ability to play mind games. He was getting inside his opponent's heads and making them make mistakes. Case in point, Jose Aldo. If this was a different time, I would invade his favela on horseback and kill anyone that was not fit to walk. But we are in a new time, so I'll whoop his ass in July. But what happened when he came up against some dudes whose minds were so unlocked they could probably escape Alcatraz? Your little gazelle friends are going to be staring through the cage, looking at you, getting, getting your carcass getting eaten alive. You're playing touch butt with that dork in the park, the ponytail. 
And I'm the one who ain't got no training partner? I don't think so. You seem to have it all figured out when you're fighting midgets. You get my point. I mean, remember when he even insulted his math skills? They want you to give us a quick count to ten, both of you gentlemen, if you don't mind, just if you wouldn't mind counting to ten. Nate can only count to five. <laughs> count to five, Nate, will you, if you can? You put that coffee. Counting, and that? who do you put that coffee? Okay, that one was a bit stupid. And things got more heated than that. But ultimately, Nate took it to him and stole tons of hype from the Irish superstar when he made him tap. Against Habib, though, he took things to another level, blasting everything from his religion to his country. But trust me, his his own country, man, his own people that he's that he's turned his back on. They want to see him gone too, and I am gonna do it in the name of the Russian people. Happy birthday, like, join the bus. I, I don't drink. Why don't you drink? I don't drink. Why don't you drink? I never drink. I'll tell you some booze parties. I never drink. You mad backwards no. cunt. You get the idea. But Habib did what he said he was gonna do and finished him. But what about the whole Poirier saga? Kind of masterminded him in the first one, played the nice guy in the rematch, but by the third fight. You're only a little bitch. Your wife is your husband. Joe Lee's wife. Joe Lee's wife! Joe Lee's wife! Well, Connor didn't really have the chance to do that because, well, he kind of broke his leg, didn't he? Still, the trash talk that got him to the top certainly started to backfire. Honestly, when that shit didn't work against Mayweather, we should have known right there and then. Number five, James Vick versus Justin Gaethje. I don't think anyone thought that coming into the UFC, Justin Gaethje would be an easy fight. And props to Michael Johnson for running that gauntlet in what was the 2017 fight of the year. But after Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier surfed their way around the wave of unrelenting violence, I think James Vick genuinely thought he was going to do the same thing. To be fair, he was 13-1 and at this point in his career, and the guy genuinely thought he was on his way to a title. In my mind, I'm a future world champion, and this is one of many main events for me. And after this, I, I got a, a couple people in mind. I'm I'm going to get on the mic and I'm going to talk some shit and call some people out. And I guess there were a lot of big names on that stage. He had to stand out somehow, but man, he did not have to rile Justin up like that. You're welcome, James. Welcome to the big show. You uh, get to fight the main event. You made it, buddy. Yeah, thank you, man. It's your last main event. You're about to be uh, on a three-fight losing streak and, and shipping your ass back to the B-League to fight tomato cans again. Yeah, and you guys love memeing this one, especially because he started dropping Simpsons references. Uh, I'm not the Homer Simpson of, bar, of MMA like you are, bro. I'm not going to take a beating, but you will get knocked the fuck out. Well, I mean, I get what you were doing there, James, but unfortunately, this backfired in absolutely the most catastrophic way possible, and it wasn't even a Homer Simpson performance from Gaethje. He just stalked him down and put him out clean with one shot in 90 seconds. Unfortunately, as well, Vic has one since number four alexander hernandez versus cowboy respect your elders people i mean at least that's what they say if someone's being a dick at least educate them on the generational gap but there's a nice way to do that but alex hernandez didn't want to play nice with cowboy cerrone he'd obviously been paying attention and doing his homework though because there was this story with donald throughout his career that if you shit talked him he just didn't fight as good but if you show respect and we're all nice well he'd kick your mo ass alex Oliveira, cowboy v cowboy even gave him his hat afterwards yeah after he freaking triangle choked him whereas nate diaz yeah he smacked that thing off his head and put on one of the all-time great beatings so alex thought he had things figured out this was also cowboy's first fight at lightweight in four years since he lost that title shot against rda so he came out pardon the pun guns are blazing i just see myself facing an insecure little lad swinging on a saddle with a pop gun and a feather in his hat. I mean, Cowboy tried to keep things cool, but uh, yeah, Alex was having none of it. We just stood in the back. You didn't have much to say, so... You didn't have much to say either, partner. And I'll tell you this, little friend, I'll be sending your geriatric ass fucking yeehawing back to the stables on Saturday. It's pretty clear when he ended it with... I won't respect his space. I won't respect the air he's breathing, and I'm gonna 
press and break him in the octagon. Well, yeah, boy, you stirred up a hornet's nest now. Alex was a legit prospect at 155, but not on that night. As the clock ticked down on the second round, you just knew that head kick was coming, and Donald shut down his hype and shut out the lights. Number three, Joanna vs. Rose won. Okay, so in 2017, who could possibly hate Rose Namajunas, right? Oh, I know, the freaking boogie woman. I mean, it's her job to go and steal your teeth from under the pillow, right? Do you understand the concept of the boogie woman? Oh, wait, I got that wrong again. Either way, she was probably the most innocent and yet badass fighter on the roster. And I think Joanna kind of noted that and wanted to take advantage. I mean, she was probably feeling herself at this point, not going to lie. 14-0, five title defenses, but did she really have to be so mean? I you think you're so shit about being a champion and you're never going to be I mean, goddamn, Joanna, what did she do to you? Rose didn't even say a word, not even a goddamn your mama joke in response. During the whole fight week, she just stared into her eyes reciting the Lord's Prayer. You keep talking to her, what are you saying to her? I'm just saying the Lord's Prayer. I mean, Joanna even went after her mental health in the media press call. You know what? You are not stronger mentally. You are mentally unstable and you are broken already and I will break you in the fight. And she was still going at the freaking weigh-ins, pointing and being all scary. And I have a surprise for you guys. Don't blink tomorrow. Believe me, I put on such a great camp. Boogie woman is coming for Rose. Okay, so that last bit wasn't that bad. Anyway, though, when it came to the fight, that momentous pile of excrement kind of came crashing down on her own head because Rose stopped her early in incredible fashion. Number two, Bisping v Hendo won, or you might as well say America versus England. I know we all love Michael Bisping now, and for most of us UK fans, the banter he showed in his early career that seemed to piss off the entirety of the United States, we all kind of knew he was just trying to sell the fight. But I do still feel bad for poor Dan Henderson, who had to endure a literal entire season of The Ultimate Fighter, where every five minutes Bisping was dropping one-liners and poking fun. I don't think Frank said 100%. So. Well, what do you want me to do? Bend over and take it up the ass? No. And Dan, well, mate, he barely says a word. Anyway, he just smiled the old Hendo smile while I'm sure in his head he was visualizing the exact knockout blow and follow-up firing forearm he was about to drop. Something I, I trained and visualized. I'm glad that I beat him for a round and, and then beat him, you know, knocked him out. So It's fair enough to talk trash, but not a guy who barely says a word in response. That's just bullying at that point, isn't it? He is known as Decision Dan Henderson for a reason. You know, he is <laughs> gone. <laughs> That's what people call him. Unofficial yeah. nickname is Dan Decision Dan Henderson. Oh, Bispin, mate. Yeah, you couldn't have put it any better for the MMA trolls, lad. I mean, he's not even talking that much trash, but this one is so up the list because, well, in those days, this was trash talk and people hated him. Thought he was a right cocky bastard. And when Dan did all the things Mike had said there was no way in heck he was going to do, well, not only did it vindicate the fan base, but as most of you know, it has become the logo for Dan's brand. What we do in life? Echoes in eternity. And number one, Chael Sonnen vs. Anderson Silva 2. Of course, this is number one. We know our fan base, okay, but also there are other reasons, mainly because going into the rematch, Chael was not only armed with all the ammunition he had fired leading up to their first clash, but he'd already proved to us he could basically beat Anderson. You know, as he explained, he just kind of had misunderstood the rules. And the way I thought it worked was that if you tapped, you lost that round. So I thought what they would do is they go to a judge's decision, they go four rounds to one, and we go home and I'd be the new champion. Yeah, I know, I know, I'm laughing along with you, but yeah, this was also why it was number one, because freaking Anderson Silva couldn't even speak English, so this was all chael, line after line after line. I say the name Anderson Silva, first thing that comes to mind is what? Fraud. 
phony. Third thing that comes to mind, paint your face up like Mike Tyson, gain 100 pounds, sit in the second row and talk about when you meant something to the world. Welcome to 2000 and chail. You don't think the belt would lie, do you? It says UFC middleweight champion on there. It's not about respect, man. You should be embarrassed that you even said that. That's street talk. That's what one gangbanger says to another before he takes his coat and shoes. This is an ass whipping contest in a steel cage on Saturday night. And I don't give a damn if his feelings are hurt. Okay, okay, you get the idea. I mean, he basically single-handedly sold the fight, and based on that last performance, if he didn't believe he could win the first time, well, shit, you better believe it now. The fight started, and holy shit, it looked like a sixth round. I mean, he got a takedown and just held him down for the entire round again, but in round two, he failed on three takedowns, and after a ill-fated spinning back fist, the spider caught himself a fly. Jail still managed to talk himself right into another title fight, though. You know someone that doesn't talk a lot of trash? George Hutchinson. Yeah, he finally made a Twitter after editing for like six months. You can follow him at G Hutchinson MMA. You really should because he hasn't got many followers. He just made his account. Big shout out as always to Ben Rosette. Mate, Ben, how do I get as good as you a guitar? Please. I mean, George is pretty good as well, actually. Either way, Ben, thank you so much as always with the intro tune. If you liked it, find more of his stuff on Spotify. Let us know down below, guys, who's the best trash talker. I actually don't. There's not even any point, is there? Because you're just going to say Charles on it. And you're probably right. You're probably right. But we hope you enjoyed it so give us a like if you did a subscribe goes a long way as well you'll be able to stay up to date when we drop new videos there you are i've been bailey and though see you in the next one guys